Sometimes, when you're in a dark place, you think you've been buried, but you've actually been planted. Christine Kane. Hello and welcome, welcome to the Earth Sea Love Podcast. This podcast is for and about women of colour and our relationship with nature. Hosted by me, Cherie Mack. The Earth Sea Love Podcast is committed to exploring the experiences of women of colour with Mother Nature. We want to provide spaces where the hidden voices in the environmental and conservation conversations can explore their relationship with the natural world. Inspired by our time spent outdoors, we amplify the voices of women of colour, our stories, our conversations, interviews, photography, writing and artwork. We'll be exploring our legacies, histories and memories which have had an influence and effect upon how we perceive ourselves within the natural world and within the environmental and climate justice movements. Welcome to the Earth Sea Love Podcast. The Earth Sea Love Podcast is a space for women, feminine, and non binary people who are black, indigenous, people of colour to explore their relationship with nature. Thank you. Good morning. Welcome back to the Earthsea Love Podcast. <gasps> yeah, man. It is Sunday morning, 31st of July, and I'm having my first cup of coffee for the day. And it's summer. Yeah, we're on our summer holidays here. Well, I say that it hasn't felt really like the holidays as yet, because I've had I've had things to do people to meet um, safely not really face to face I'm still trying to operate on a virtual level here if only the rest of the world would follow suit but that's another story tomorrow I go up to Edinburgh on uh, I've got an artist residency there with um, spilt milk gallery which was set up for mothers who were struggling to find the time to get on their creative groove on. So I'm there for a week and I'm going to be focusing on the Baltic Hinterlands, the group show coming out in October, Commission. So yeah, so I'm in the process of packing and going off for that to be in a space where I can focus totally on what I'm creating away from other responsibilities and demands in a new place in a studio man where I can just get all my shit out and leave it and then come back the next day and start all over again it's like yes so yeah I'm a bit excited about that but before I get there I need to be sharing with you the next episode from the podcast and it's with the amazing and wonderful Jackie Holder again we had Jackie earlier on in the series talking well in the series in the podcast um um, talking about trees and writing and creativity and I had to bring her back because 
things have changed for her since the last time I spoke. Um, she's moved house. She's landed somewhere else. She's having to root into place and she's using nature. She's using trees once again to find her place in the world. And um, the quote I shared, you know, when you're in that dark place and you think you're buried, that quote from Christine Kane, Jackie shared it with us in this episode. And when she shared it, it was like, boom, it so landed with me. Um, and I hope it lands with you. In this episode, we talk about the move. We talk about her settling into a new home and the garden with the willow tree. That willow tree is a healing tree. And it's helping her move through, journey through change and accepting it, not fighting it. Yeah, so much wisdom and joy that, that is in this episode and um yeah i'm happy to be bringing it to you so yeah this was a bunch of three episodes that came out and we're gonna have a little rest and then we're gonna come back with a series of solo episodes with me um to see us out for the rest of the year let's not skip ahead yet let's just sit back and enjoy this episode with jackie holder Thanks for coming back again. Thanks for listening and um, bye for now. Well, given that we're just talking about rooting in places, I have just moved to a new place. Yes. When I saw yeah. that, I thought, wow, that must have been really traumatic in a sense because your place where you were, it was a place <laughs> where you'd been rooted family-wise, generation-wise, and on those border. Yeah, it's really, really interesting. So you said it was traumatic, but I think the word that comes to mind I felt a lot of grief mm-hmm. leaving my old home mm-hmm. I, I, I know that grief obviously has so many different levels and degrees so this was a you know it's it's his own degree and its own level of grief but after I think it was it was over six years coming up to seven and it was a place that I felt very protected in so there was a busy main road. It wasn't a main road, but it, it led up to a main road. And it was one of those roads where cars were always up and down. I mean, I could hear, you know, cars stopping in the middle and fighting about who had right of way, that kind of thing. But I had this big black iron gate. And then you walk down the drive to these just these two houses pitched on this piece of land. Mm-hmm. And it was like walking into an oasis and a sanctuary. Mm-hmm. And given where I was at the time that I moved there it's very funny the metaphor I felt like I was just protected cocooned from the rest of the world I had regular visitors of magpies starlings crows you know so many birds visited that garden and in the time that I was there I planted a like a three foot olive tree and when I left it must have been about 10 feet and I tried to take it with me and as one um, tree surgeon very gently said to me you know that tree is not going to survive if you try and uproot it Mm. its roots are as tall and or, or as long as the height of the tree he said we would literally have to take the whole of your garden away to try and unearth those roots so you can imagine trying to then replant that in a garden I just had to really acclimatize myself to the fact that I had to leave the olive tree and that I had to leave that to be the shade that somebody else would sit under Mm -hmm. 
mm. or that somebody else would be able to stand at the kitchen window and look out into the olive tree and see the beautiful blue tips, the robins, all the birds, because birds go to different trees. That's what I realized. They never went to the apple tree. They weren't interested in the apple tree, but they liked the olive tree. Mm-hmm. And so I left behind the olive tree and the apple tree. Mm-hmm. And that was a real lesson for me in letting go because obviously inside of the house, Sherry, I had so much stuff. I mean, I'm, I'm not ashamed, but I'm like, Jackie, what, 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 what? The boxes went on forever and ever. I mean, I can honestly say that 20% of that was books. It could probably even be more because I I think I'm in denial about the number of books I've collected over the years. I gave away hundreds. I donated to the library that I used to go to as a child. Um, And I've got, and I've donated to a, oh yeah, I donated to another library that was closer to where I lived. And they, I mean, the man took the books of me, like off of me, like, are you seriously giving me books like this? Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm sure half of them have gone to his house. <laughs> I mean, he was almost like, are you sure you want to give me these books? I was like, yeah, I do want to give you these books. So, yeah, it's been, it's been a lot of metaphors. It's been a lot about letting go. So I've had to let go of things outside of me. Mm-hmm. I've moved further away from all the family. So I do feel like I am on my own a lot more now, even though we all live individually, that geographical difference feels quite poignant. Mm. Mm. So I've had to find my own, my own land really to kind of inhabit. And I know you want to know about what's going on in the back garden. So maybe we'll come to that in a moment. (laughs) But that's it. You've left. You've moved house. And um, yeah, I I totally understand that grief of leaving. But where have you moved to? Well, I've moved. I'm not far from where I used to live, actually. I'm 10 minutes drive. I'm still in London, um, more on the outskirts. It's a place called Addiscombe. And it's absolutely lovely. I honestly didn't know this area. It's quite interesting. I literally decided to, um, I, was, I was trying to move back into London and the more I was looking at places, I could have got something that, yeah, you know, I could have got something, but it really would have been a compromise on space and greenery in terms of what I had access to in you know after going through my own front door so I I decided to let go of sort of like goals and expectations oh I'd love to live here or I'd love to live there I just thought let me just see what comes up mm-hmm. and let me just see what you know sparks my heart mm-hmm. and um I, you get to know the estate agents and they what happens is they give you all the houses that that, go, that don't go on to their website. But as soon as a house comes up, once they know you, they'll give you first choice in those properties. It's a real, you've got to know how to play the game. In I the hear system. you. I hear Honestly, you. And it's like a network. In London, especially in London. I know when I was buying my bachelor pad and it was, it was, if I didn't have a, a special relationship with Tim, then it, um, I would have been, you know. Well, that's still happening. And, you you know, so I built up this little team that knew that I was looking. And, you know, they sent me stuff from all over the place. And when I came and looked at this property, I thought, oh, this is really, really nice. This is really nice. Um, and then I came back a couple more times. And, of course, when I think they did, like, a couple of weekends showing, and, of course, there were, like, people bidding, like, you know, mad for the property it's got some wonderful features Mm. um it's uh i moved to from one property that was very modern i lived in a modern small townhouse Mm. to a victorian house Mm. and you know with victorian houses comes all kinds of you get all the wonderful character 
in the house. So there are some amazing fireplaces, which makes me feel I, I've always loved that kind of architecture in homes. Mm. Um, and they, the, the previous owners have done some wonderful features mm. to the house. And I was quite keen to not have to be worrying about renovations and refurbishments. I just literally wanted somewhere I could land. Yes. Um, and, uh, but I think what really, really stumped it, Cherie, is um, when I went out into the garden. garden. I knew it, I knew it. Because you've mentioned land, your own land. And then you've also mentioned to land. And now let's talk about that. Well, well let's, not, let's not get carried to, away with too much land. I've not got like a hundred foot garden. I know. Nothing I know. like that. But what's on the land is, is it's really quite, yeah, it's lovely. So when I walked out into the back garden, um, just walking up, I was greeted by a magnificent, effervescent streams and streams and streams of large, free-falling, lush green leaves of a willow tree. I knew it. As soon as you were describing it, I was thinking, it's willow, it's willow. Yeah. Oh, and that's that what greeted me. What does that symbolize of? Endurance. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Willows are a symbol of endurance. Um, they also uh, contain one of the main ingredients for aspirin. So as a medicinal healing tree, mm -hmm. they are considered to carry very healing medicinal properties mm -hmm. and honestly sherry it literally the whole canopy of the tree takes wraps itself right over like a huge arch so we literally sit underneath the tree often with a glass of sparkly you know <laughs> under the tree so when people come to visit if it's nice outside we go we sit under the tree um and you're just hidden back there and it's just lovely just hearing the voices submerged amongst the foliage of the, the weeping willow tree, which is, it's one of those weeping willow trees you see in children's storybooks. Yeah. The ones that you find, like if I go to Kew Gardens, not Kew Gardens, Richmond Park, mm -hmm. I'll see loads of willow trees, just like the willow tree in my back garden. Mm. along the banks of some of their little streams, the streams that are kind of running through different parts of Richmond Park. That just feels like a gift. Mm. So it's kind of like when I saw the willow tree, I kind of did forget about the rest of the house, to be honest. <laughs> it was like, oh, this is a house with the tree in the back garden. Okay, we now have a problem. <laughs> Not so much a problem, though. As you said, a gift, a gift. Yeah, well, it, like the 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 the, the realization was, no other house was going to do. Yeah, exactly. No other house was going to do. Mm -hmm. So even though I didn't really know the area, I I just looked up and down the street. There's loads of trees on the street. I thought this is a nice street. This is <laughs> it has a lovely front door. I thought, and it's got a tree in the back garden. <laughs> and you just described it. You said you had that in your past place. You had that protected place. But just what you've been saying there about the willow tree, you said it cocooned you. So that is another protective space there that it's, you've found. And that's a healing one. It's so true. And um I've had my, my daughter and my sisters over at different times. And my daughter was, um, we were out, it was one of those weekends where the weather was fantastic. Mm -hmm. And we were out in the back garden. And my daughter put a mirror that I used to have in my other back garden on a bench that used to, because my back garden was small, it used to reflect back the rest of the garden, make it feel bigger. Mm -hmm. She placed it sort of adjacent to the willow tree. and the way she did it, the sun actually lands in that spot. And she said, mom, this is your meditation spot. Mm 
Uh-huh. Whoever it is. Do you know what I mean? And it was just like, because, you know, I was just um, plonking the mirror in the same place that it was from the house that it came. And I just walked around the garden, found that spot. And it just feels like, you know, you were just finding our way with different things. And the other thing, um, Aida, who's my daughter, pointed out to me, we were inside and I was in the kitchen and the kitchen is joined. You can access the kitchen through the dining room. And she said to me, Mum, the mirror in the dining room, you've placed it in a position that it reflects the back garden back to you. So you actually don't have to be in the garden. I just look across into the dining room, into the mirror, and the garden is literally inside the house. Oh, my gosh. And you didn't do that thinking, did you? No. I was like, that was unconscious. Here. we couldn't get the sofa in the living room because it, it wouldn't turn in the hallway. Mm-hmm. So the sofas ended up in the dining room. So I thought, oh, mirror just above the, the sofa. So I just plonked the mirror there. Wow. And it was Aida. She said to me, oh, mom, wow. I probably wouldn't have noticed for months. But I just love that. I just love that how someone else can come into the space and see things that yeah. we have subconsciously unconsciously might have placed or done and then to actually speak that to us and tell us it's like it's so wonderful and magical but it's like it's almost reminding us as yet yes I have this inner wisdom and inner knowledge and I might not be conscious of it but it's working for my benefit all the time all the time and uh, you know I'm using this as an example because I I, knowing my lovely daughter as I do, I think if I said to her, you're so creative and you're so insightful, you're so intuitive, she would probably take a minute. Mm, I'm not sure those terms, you know, she would use those terms so readily or so easily. But I can give you so many more examples where her wisdom and her insight it's like a it's like a river that just flows Mm. it's so beautiful it's so graceful Mm. you know I do you know I do feel like she carries a really gorgeous energy in the way that she looks at the world and the way she sees things because she's not are you just not a pushy person takes her time to get to know people and I think that comes through with her the kind of foresight that she has foresight yeah well yes you know she is your daughter so there is something from the source that is flowing through her okay you are the source of the contributing factors but take some some credit there some credit there. so we can say that sometimes the apple doesn't fall far from the tree <laughs> exactly exactly <laughs> so how does it feel then so you've got You've got a little bit more land and you've got this lovely willow tree. How do you feel that your relationship then has been changing with nature from this move? And also, as you have been changing, because um, what you're showing here, and I'd hope you know people, I hope you don't mind me telling people that you've you've just had a, you know, you've had a significant birthday in the last time that we we talked. I don't see that as a a bad thing or a negative thing. You know, in society it is. Aging is not something we're supposed to do and we're supposed to hold it back. But I think what you're demonstrating is that you're so much of a changing woman, like nature is, you know, like nature herself. It's constantly changing. And to actually fight against that, you're going to cause yourself a lot of friction, basically, and tension without actually going with that natural flow. And things do have to change. So tell me your relationship with nature, with this land, with this new garden, did this move? How has it been changing and developing? Yeah, that's such a rich question. And my first thought is when I first came to this, to view this property, the willow tree had no leafage Mm. it was bare and I would say that that is reflective of the journey that I have been on Mm. on the last six years I feel like I've had to 
really bear my soul and bear myself and allow myself to feel bare mm. in so on so many different levels and um, I remember that some years ago on Instagram I posted um, an image of a willow tree that was on the street opposite it was located on the street opposite to the one that I lived on and I was in outrage because I went past the willow tree one day that also used to grow and literally the leafage would be sweeping on the top of cars, almost causing accidents because it would just grow over into the road. And the next day I'd gone there, it was literally cut right back to nothing but the, you know, where then pollard it right back to the bare yeah. knuckle. I was like, oh, what are you doing to the tree? How horrible, how can you do this to a tree? Of course, I obviously needed to learn about trees a bit more <laughs> because we do this every year mm. to cut back the willow tree because willow trees as the tree surgeon explained to me in my garden last week I have to cut back the leaves and the foliage of the willow tree in the winter time because as as tall and as long as the leafage grows so do the roots and what happens the roots just grow and they can grow right up into the house so you have to cut back the willow tree in the winter because that shrinks back the roots so then it can draw back and it can take the nourishment and the sustenance that it needs from the soil and the earth to take it through the winter months and into the spring and then it will rebirth again and I feel like you know the fact that I moved house um, around the time of a significant birthday well let's just put it this way Sherry I now have my free oyster card that I can use after 9 30 okay so that's all I'm going to say. it's saving thousands of pounds that is thousands of pounds <laughs> I know I'm a person who loves to wander around London that was like the icing on the cake you're gonna give me a free oyster card that I can use after 9 30 hello <laughs> that is gonna be so well used but yeah so so by him explaining that to me and especially about sometimes we think that when our lives or difficult or challenging times come to us we think that's the end of it mm -hmm. and we, we sometimes forget about what is coming to us mm. you know I think there's a quote that I often use on on courses uh, I think it comes from a woman called oh I think something Kane I can't remember her first name I thought it was Susan Kane anyway somewhere on my Instagram feed mm. He says something like, really lovely quote, she says, sometimes you think you've been buried, but you've actually been planted. Ooh. Sometimes you think you've Ooh. been buried, but you've actually been planted. And for me, the willow tree's appearance, I got to see in the space of purchasing the house, is a, a metaphorical reflection of the journey that I've been on. Mm -hmm. It's both been an inner journey and an outer journey. Mm -hmm. You know, the whole, I can feel like the, the I've, I've probably done a 360 shift in relationships, friendships, mm -hmm. connections, you know, there's been a huge amount of letting go. And if, the more you let go, the more good comes to you. Yeah. Yeah. And that's every year it's going to have new growth yeah. and it's going to grow. It, it, nature knows that. Mm. You know that saying, nature abhors a vacuum. If nature has a vacuum, it will create a space for something else to happen. I've welcomed 
the willow tree i'm i'm very slowly getting to know the willow tree i'm not rushing like i normally do i normally see a tree and i'm like i've got to hug this tree oh this is a lovely tree do you know what i mean like I'm, I, I can be quite giddy and excited around trees no seriously said to me the other day something about um oh what are you up to i bet i bet you're wandering around somewhere hugging trees and they said it really seriously like oh that's we know you love doing that jackie but um i've noticed that there's been a lot more stillness oh gosh slowness you know i peek out at it like i'm up in the office at the top of the house and I'm looking down on it. It's 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 enormous, you know. Oh, it's God. not even tiny. It's tiny. It's absolutely beautiful. And I haven't I haven't started to share photos of it because I'm just waiting for the right moment to kind oh, of wow. where I feel really connected to it. And uh, one of the little treats about the um, the willow tree is that's got it's got a lovely hanging egg chair hanging from the branches that the previous owners put there and I asked them if they would leave it and it's just a magnificent seat the challenge is though is what I've realized I think from sitting under there we brought moths in ah. to the house that I'm fighting now with one of the rooms honestly I'm like a woman consumed every single herbal remedy has come out and actually is working the lavender i've sprayed lavender everywhere i've put um lavender essential oils everywhere on the rugs on the floors on handles and literally in my bedroom i've reduced from like going into my bedroom every night and seeing two or three of them Mm. i'm now not seeing any at the moment so now I'm tackling another room just to see if I can reduce the numbers but I've worked out that uh, I need to have built-in wardrobes I need to have a containment for the clothes because the clothes are all on racks and mm. I think the, the, the moss are having a field day they're oh like gosh. yeah 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 we're, lo- we're loving this room yeah <laughs> having a party <laughs> I just love that <laughs> I mean, I love you, Moss, but you know, these are my clothes and I'm not sharing them. <laughs> and it's and it's really, it's really, really good because one of the things I've been thinking about um, in the move, and you know, nature I feel is very reciprocal in, in terms of being a real great equalizer, a real great sharer. Yes. And um with the amount of items that I moved with, and you know, that is even after you know editing, letting go of a lot of stuff, I'm really getting into look, if you've got this, you've got to use it. If mm. you're not using it, you need to let it go. Yeah. And I'm not just saying that intellectually because I found clothes, I thought, hold on, you have not put that on for five years. Yeah, man. What are you keeping it for? What are you keeping it for? You didn't even remember you had it. Exactly. (laughs) You know, coming up to two years since I last moved and I totally downsized in what I was having. But then I I periodically also declutter and downsize as well. Because when I'm thinking, right, I can't get moved. I mean, I came into a place that had nothing. I had to furniture and everything into it. And it felt spacious, but when it starts feeling less spacious, I'm thinking, you've got yeah. too much shit in there, Sheree. Get rid, get rid. Absolutely. Yeah. And isn't there a great teacher at telling us about, you know, what it is like to have space? That's one of the things I loved about this house when I bought it, it was empty. And I liked being able to move into the emptiness of the space. Well, now I've filled it, haven't I? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, but talking about that reciprocal nature, reciprocal nature, because you know, like I'm, I'm leaning back into my gratitude um, practice, 
as a chance to slow down again, keeping and um, keep practicing my slow, but then also to be appreciating more about what's around me, especially when I've been going through a bad patch, really. You know, things that I've taken for granted, you know, nature gives us gifts. We've got air, water. She provides our food and these things we do take for granted. So I just want to talk to you about the gifts that you have been providing through your knowledge and expertise and facilitation. Because if I'm right, there's a, there was a book, a book came out, but then also you've been you've been facilitating the journal, journal writing workshop still happening. So yeah. tell me, how's that going? Because I did pop in a few times and I haven't been for a while, but I totally enjoyed that space that you created with Fiona. So please tell us, talk about it. So, yes. So I think it, it was, uh, we've done a, we've done a, over a year of creating an early morning writing group for women mm. on Tuesday mornings. Uh, it's a space that's co-hosted between myself and Fiona Parashar, who is a dear friend as well. We got to know each other through work and our work as coaches and then became friends over the years. Um, and we both had uh, have always had a love of nature. Fiona used to live in London and moved back to Bath because she wanted to be reconnected to the place she came from and the nature that was there. She, mm. she wanted to get back to her roots. And also she had a, a vision to create, and she did create a program that she runs for senior leaders called Vision Days, where she takes them out into nature to mm. reconnect with themselves and their visions and their purpose. Um, and uh, has just written a, a, and published a, a wonderful book called A Beautiful Way to Coach. And so we, we do the early morning writing space and it's just one of the best things that I do mm -hmm. in my week, without a doubt. It feels very, very uh, alive and energizing. It feels like we get to meet such wonderful souls in terms of the women who are regular members of the group and we are getting people joining all the time. Um, we now have people from Slovakia, from um, South Africa, from India who are regular members and, and, more, and more international people who also join us. And it really was, it really came out of us both wanting to create community and create a communal space where women took up space <laughs> they took up space they gave space and time to self mm. through the medium or the portal of writing we didn't want to be prescriptive around what women wrote about in the space so the idea is that you come um, you are given um, time and space to receive a grounding and a centering at the start of the session, um, which Fiona beautifully does every Tuesday morning. And then I share a, a writing prompt. So I will read something or it could be a poem or an excerpt from a book or something that I read on the internet that I just feel has energy in it. And we will just choose a word or a line or a theme or an image from that, that um, the, the reading. And then we'll all do a seven minute piece of writing and whatever comes out of it is entirely up to you. You know, so some people write poems, some people write um, prose. I mean, some people do this, it's just, you know, whatever comes. And then once we've done that, we, um, we invite everyone to share their intention mm. or the session. And that's where it gets really interesting. <laughs> because the idea is that we then go into 45 minutes of silent time where we're on Zoom. Most people have their cameras on. You can have your cameras off because some people are calling in from their beds. 
But the idea is just having everyone there and you can look up on the screen, whether you're work, doing your emails, whether you're writing in your journal, whether you're writing a poem, people are working on their books. So many people write letters to people in the space. We've had someone who worked over a period of um, three or four sessions on their wedding speech. I mean, how cool is that? beautiful yeah we've had people write um services funeral services um baby blessed everything has been written in that co-writing space Mm. and we really want to remind women of how important it is to give yourself time we truly believe that writing and journaling and being in community with other women is a very sacred way of making those inner connections that so many of us because we're just so busy life is so much more stressful and demanding more than it ever 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 has been I can't believe the amount of life admin I have to attend to every day life admin every day you know whether it's signing up you know if you anything you go on to now oh you've got to register you've got to sign up a you know you've got to download an app you got hello you're just <laughs> clogging up my life yeah. Yeah, man. so this protective space on tuesday mornings means that women put themselves first yeah and it feels really important that it is a women only space We did have one man that used to come and he was lovely, (laughs) really, really lovely because it it was an open group to begin with. And then when he stopped coming, because he had childcare responsibilities, it just suddenly dawned on us. Oh, this feels really magical, just all women writing together. And I, you know, I've been for years, I have run, you know, women's retreats and done a lot of kind of creative, sacred work with women. Mm-hmm. And I can honestly say that this, that this space on Tuesday mornings, which we call our co-writing, co-working space, mm-hmm. um, really feels like um, coming home. Yeah. It really feels like coming home. That's beautiful. That's beautiful. Yeah. And I say sacred, sacred space. Yeah. I and and when women share what comes out of their writing and the things that they write about in the sessions, I mean it sometimes I can't even find the words mm. to, you know, to share just how moving, amazing, touching how connecting it is to just hear all the different things that women write about and speak about and how it makes them feel and how it makes other people feel listening to them talking about their writing or talking about what they'd written about. You know, it takes very, very little facilitation from myself and Fiona. It is almost like a self-facilitated space. And when one of us is not there, we just simply invite a group member to co-host with us. Mm. So we want it to be this space where it's not dependent on us being there. Even though we currently still kind of hold it, Mm. the idea is that it will eventually become self-serving. Well, everybody owns it. Everybody Everybody owns it. it. Yeah. Yeah. Everyone owns it. So that's where we are with the co-writing group. Mm-hmm. And since we last spoke, I published Re- Rewilding the Page. Aha, what's re- I can see it there. What's Rewilding the Page? Tell us. So do you remember the first writing map I shared with you? Did I send you a copy of this one, Writing the oh. Fabulous Trick? You're joking. You know, the deck prompts. Oh, the inner and outer nature card. Deck. Yeah, yeah, I got you them, got the but I didn't get them. the map. No, well, yeah, we're going to be on their way to you. Oh, that would be afternoon. That would be lovely. Thank you. To the post office. <laughs> so, 
I think it was, was it 2016? I have a lovely friend whose name is Sean Levin and he runs a company yes. called Writing Maps. I yeah. know, yeah, because I yeah. got a few of their maps when they're coming. You know, it was how to write maybe, I don't know, what, what, what did I get? Writing in the city or something like that. Or That's writing right. by the sea. Or something. The writing by the sea one is lovely. Yeah, of course I had to have it. Right. These are part of writing maps. And I co-edited, I co-edited these with Sean. Uh-huh. So I, I, I've been on it him for years. Sean, we need a tree writing map. We need a tree writing map. And we eventually got together. I wrote the prompts for, um, the first one was writing with fabulous trees. Illustrated writing map in the same um, genre of the writing maps that you have. But these are all to do with trees, writing around trees. Oh, um, yeah, I mean, so it's such a simple concept. I mean, it's like, and it's, it's yeah. and it's such a handy thing because I used to put it in my pocket and go out and write, you know. <laughs> That's the idea. You know, writing maps are brilliant because there's, I love the fact that they're illustrated. Hmm. I love the fact that they're light. They're easy to carry. Mm-hmm. They're, they're, they're quite stimulating because they've always got lovely, lovely images on them. And then they all have different prompts that you can take and use. You can literally, you don't even have to take a notebook with you. I was sitting in a coffee shop today on my high street this morning before I started work and there was a napkin there and I used that. I forgot my, I forgot my, um, some paper and I just use a napkin and you could just use that to write on and it's just a really lovely way of you bringing some creativity some fluidity you know just a way of some creative expression into your day and you just never know what might come out of it rewilding the page tell us what that one is so I think that since lockdown so many more people have connected with the power and the healing energy of being in nature. And on my, if you follow me on Instagram, you know that I am really passionate about being a champion of nature in the city. Mm-hmm. Because we often think that we have to go out into the countryside to mm-hmm. access nature. Mm-hmm. And my, my thing is that nature is all around us. Mm-hmm. It's everywhere. Yeah, and that's why I, I post the kind of images that I do um, to show people, to demonstrate how, for example, London, which is um, it's an amazing city in terms of, I can't, oh, I've just totally forgotten what the percentage is. I think it's over 40% of London is green space. Yeah, London has over 300 parks. Mm-hmm. People look at me like, London is Yes. And we have a lot of blue space in London as well. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, just doing those walks. Um, I often join the River Thames at Chelsea and walk up towards Putney or towards Richmond or further afield. And you do not need to go to the French Riviera, let me tell you. Yeah, there are parts of London that are just stunning mm-hmm. along the river. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, the, the, the writing maps are, are really portable, easy to carry around with you, and they get you to engage with the nature around you. So the first one, obviously, was mainly, pro, you know, focusing us towards our relationship with trees, mm-hmm. noticing the trees around you, um, just noticing all the different kind of species of trees that, you know, inhabit your neighborhood and your environment. And I, am, I like to think of a writing map. So with the first one, Writing Fabulous Trees, it's a way of you getting to appreciate and to know the trees around you. And I, I feel like from that place, from that position, we will become better guardians and custodians yes. of yes. the earth, the land and the space around us. Yes. Yeah. So, um, so that led then to a few years later. So last year we published Rewilding the Page and its tagline is the urban forest writing map. Mm-hmm. So the idea is that a city dweller, for example, could take this map 
and they could choose from, you know, doing uh, an exercise and doing some reflection around walking at night and how different the city is mm. walking at night. Or they might feel that they want a dose of a green prescription. So they might just notice all the plants and the trees around them and how the plants detox our, lang our lungs and what the trees do for taking in the carbon dioxide and giving us oxygen. Such a great um, example of the reciprocal relationship that we have with trees and plants. We cannot do without them. Exactly. Yes, yeah, so our care of them is like a way of giving back. Because yeah. they're giving to us all the time yeah yeah so you know there's different different exercises and different activities hear the birds sing there's an exercise around getting to know the trees by writing a tree alphabet how many trees can you name starting with the letter a mm. ash b birch c cedar you know and just like having a bit of fun with noticing and being mindful around nature and the whole idea is to to use nature as a way of connecting with the nature around you particularly in urban dwellings but actually by doing any of these exercises it's an invitation or a doorway into connecting with your own your own inner nature yeah yeah you know, so, you know, the self gets stimulated through the external exploration of nature. It brings us to connect with the nature inside ourselves. Mm -hmm. So I see it as um, a bit of nature, nature mindfulness. Yeah. You know, a way of using nature as a mindfulness practice. Mm -hmm. You know, it's a cycle. It's cyclic. Can you say cyclical? Cyclical. 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 In the yeah. sense of like the outside in stimulation gets yeah. with you be thinking of the inside and that mindfulness bring us back out to the outside mm -hmm. and, the, and how we're caring and looking after nature. You know, yeah. so it is. And it's that it's that circle that we should be in within with nature in relationship with nature in that circle where we're equal nobody yeah. has domination or power over anyone any being anything any any rock whatever it's that circle where we're equal within that circle and that is what's out of balance and that's what we're trying to get back to definitely um get your hands on that map people <laughs> i love what you says that you're a champion of urban nature because it is on our doorsteps you know in between meetings there i just popped out and did about a mile and a half of a walk and it was just around my neighborhood and when i was doing that i was looking at the gardens and the trees and how it's so lovely at this moment you know I got that it fed my it fed my soul just for those 20 25 minutes that I was out there and that was just on my doorstep so thank you for that reminder and you know I'm looking at the time and just the last thing I want to ask you is like what about your writing practice yeah your creative practice how's that what are you doing anything you'd like to share as in offerings that you've got to our listeners yeah, that's a that's a great question. The uh, my book of trees is it's with me. <laughs> so we've got a solid proposal now. And I've been looking at different publishers and just trying to work out which publisher do I go to um, with the tree book. I have found uh, I've spoken to an agent um, who's quite interested um, in talking to me. And I, I'm, I'm sensing that I had to be patient with this book because first of all, it needs the willow tree to be in there. Yeah. So do, do you see, like, like I couldn't hurry this book up. Yeah. You know, I had no, I couldn't understand why something that I feel so passionate about was taking me so long to put out into the world. Mm. And I was, I was lying in bed the other day, I was thinking, oh, but the willow tree wouldn't have been in there. So he obviously had to wait for the willow tree. So that's, that's coming. And uh, my, 
the publisher of 49 Ways to Write Yourself Well, which is my book around, you know, journal journaling practices, they've commissioned me to write a book on writing prescriptions, which is it's ready, it's ready to go. And so, yeah, that's that's going to be coming. And I think the move has has made me realize that like I've got a base now for the next few years. I can just chill and relax. And I feel like it's an opportunity for me to really come back to my creative practice. Mm. I've done a lot of supporting and nature, nurturing mm. of other people's practice. And I think there have been definitely times where I have perhaps not given as much to my own practice. There's been some deserts kind of just allowed my stuff to kind of be on the back burner. Mm-hmm. as I have kind of I've worked for other people's deadlines so I have published quite a bit um, I've just had a recent article in coaching perspectives I still write my uh, monthly column in psychologies magazine which I love doing every month around journal writing um, and I've had a few kind of other nature kind of uh, focused articles published in different journals so you know I do keep my my hand in the water in terms of publishing articles on journaling and nature writing but I think in terms of a body of work yeah my own body of work I think I'm missing that yeah and I definitely know that people are missing that yeah you know they're missing my voice on the page and you know life life just sometimes has a a, a way of interrupting us sometimes but like I said back to that quote it's holding in mind that you're not buried you're actually being planted and what is going to grow from these times you know that to me is that's been the gift of everything that I've you know I've experienced over these last six years everything has been lessons and you know really really valuable in helping me to come to a place of humility and humbleness and you know just recognizing that I don't have to strive you know we're not all gonna be recognized you know by hundreds and hundreds of people but do you know what your worth is in terms of what you do and who you meet who you be as well Jackie who you be who you be yeah I think that is at the heart of it who you be Yeah, man, you know, it's like we exist and it's our, it's our right to exist, but we, in our existence, we are worthy, you know, we are worthy just as we be. (laughs) And I love, I love the fact that I feel like I, I sit on a chair and I can laugh. I laugh. I laugh so much more. I laugh a lot. Somebody said to me, I'm not sh- quite sure the way in which she was saying, but she said to me, oh my God, you're laughing and smiling. I thought, you obviously don't see me enough. But it was, it was enough for her to see a different side of me. And I love that through all of this, I feel I've gotten funnier and funnier. Cool. I love, I love hanging out with me. Apart from hanging out with the trees. <laughs> no, 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 no. No, no. It is an honor and a pleasure to be in your company. It's like it's like a good wine. It takes it takes years to age. Taste divine. I just don't take myself so seriously anymore. And it's so cool. And it's also good to take our time to savor it as well. And you know, if there's ever a quote that I would end on. It's a, I don't know if you've come across her, Rue Map. She's African-American. She's the founder of Black Women's Walking Group called Outdoor Afro. Yeah, I know Rue. And it's a quote that I just thought, oh, Rue, you're so on, the, on point what you said in this quote. Because for me, I realized when I first started walking, Well, I first started running and then I started walking, but it was around 1999. I didn't know how important nature was going to become. My, it's like my spirit and my soul and my psyche knew what I needed. I didn't know what I needed, Mm -hmm. but because I listened 
during you know a kind of turbulent time in my life the running and the walking took me to nature mm-hmm. and it was there that I feel like you know when you you sometimes might feel like you're unplugged from life but actually you put the plug back in the socket and you get some electricity coming in yeah <laughs> that's what nature and the trees did for me it's like ah wake up she says the trees don't know what color I am the birds don't know what gender I am the flowers don't know how much money I have in my bank account I think we can rely on nature to be the equalizer for us so we can shed that weight drop the mic let's just end there Jackie, it has been a pleasure and an honor, as I said. Thank you so much for your time and your wisdom, your beauty, and for who you be. Thank you, Jackie. It's been a pleasure, Shereen.